welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the self-titled album from Better Oblivion Community Center, the joint project of Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst, which starts out with the song, I Didn't Know What I Was In For. I know a girl who owns a boutique in the city Selling close to the fashionably late Says she cries at the news but doesn't really Cause it's too much fun, it's too much time And too much plastic money to be made becoming such a high profile artist her talent we saw on that solo album that we did many many episodes ago and now she's just finding these great collaborations that boy genius ep fantastic and now working with conor oberst on this album and again just finding these people whose own talent brings out the best in her talent Yeah, and Connor Oberst started making music at such a young age as Bright Eyes that he's had this long and really impressive career, even though he's only 38. And so he met Phoebe Bridgers for the first time when she opened for him at a showcase that he was hosting. And I read in an interview, which is very, they both tell the very charming story of how she covered an Elliott Smith song. And he went up to talk to her about it and asked her what it was. And she told him and he said, well, that's, that can't be an Elliot Smith song because I know all of Elliot Smith songs. And she was, he was like mansplaining to her and he was wrong. And so now they have a good laugh about it. Yeah. Well, what I like about that is that dynamic is so kind of stereotypical. But then when you listen to this album, whatever sort of, oh, I'm the senior partner here fades away because her voice takes the lead. And uh, they were nice enough to include liner notes with this album, which seems like such a retro thing with actual credits per song with lyrics. Just so thoughtful. And she gets the first billing and that he's, you know, mature enough and confident enough an artist to just say, no, she's the star. I'm just here to help. I would disagree that her voice takes the lead because what I really like about this album is that they sing in unison so much of the time and they kind of harmonize. And both of them are they have said they both have such rich, warm voices that complement each other really well. And they're singing together most of the time. I guess I would say that most a lot of the songs start with her singing and then he comes in in the choruses or in the second verse. And it's so each time it's like she leads with this high, clear tone and then he comes in and just grounds everything. And she's her voice already pretty. And then the two of them together, even more beautiful. But I think there's only a couple of tracks, I think, where he kind of starts off and it's a his song where she joins in. 
but it sounds great. And I think that prettiness is really necessary given how dark I think the album is and this song already. I mean, we kind of came in in the middle and it's, I think, just this really clear but very sad take on the modern world that's just kind of it's not very hopeful well i think it's a lot about just how you live day to day in a chaotic world and how you cope with it yeah but that 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 it's really getting at the notion of how hyper aware we are of all the bad stuff that's happening and how for a lot of people just kind of kind of get paralyzed Mm -hmm. and you know that sort of you think you're i'm aware of the issues but not doing anything about them and uh, I I am afraid I identify with that a little bit. I think probably a lot of people who are relatively comfortable, even as they see that other people are not, it, it's an easy trap to fall into. And I think they're staring it right in the face. It's not a, an easy album in that way. And I think it continues to be challenging, if pretty, on the next track we'll play. It's called Sleepwalking. You like beer and chocolate. I like setting off the spot. take the opportunity here to correct you about two things for one thing you said was that she sings on first on a lot of the songs this we actually came in on the second verse but ober starts on this song and i think they kind of are about equally i think they're about equal measures in the amount of time that they're singing solo on this record and also that you said it was very dark i think it's a maybe a more appropriate way to describe it is realistic that we live in very challenging times and i think this record is about how you cope with that without just completely tuning out and that there are ways to find happiness in the moments and that i think this record also has a lot of joy in it yeah and i think as i'm listening to it and you know some of these albums you listen once or twice and you get it and i think this one definitely has some depth this i think this track i i think i focused on the extent to which the premise of it is like, oh, we're kind of stuck in a rut and stuck in these patterns and, you know, sleepwalking through life and stuck with these circular thoughts and afraid of making a change. But I think that even the way the song is structured is about breaking out of that. So the song is sort of talking about that, but it's, it's has this very strange way of shifting 
tempo where it starts slow and speeds up, mm-hmm. slows down, speeds up. And what we heard there was like second verse and chorus. And then it just keeps going in that higher gear of like, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep powering through. Mm-hmm. And I think there's kind of that hope and ending with that final like, oh, I'm okay with what I lost. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, change is hard and it involves loss. But yeah, you're, I think you're right that it's kind of coming to accept and, and appreciate the good stuff and the bad stuff all come together. And so it's, yeah, maybe realistic and adult in a way that, again, just Connor Oberst, not that old. Phoebe Bridgers, super young. She's 24. But yeah, she is, you know, ha- obviously has seen a lot and it seems to have a remarkably mature perspective. And, the, and these songs are just so, they feel really lived in in a way that is very inviting and i love the way the car that you mentioned the percussion on this song the way that it kind of slows down and speeds up but it's not in an obvious way and it feels really natural at least it does to me it feels about as natural as it could for as dramatic as it is mm-hmm. like how much it just there but it, it is kind of curious to me that how there are these sections which i, I know i'm taking my notes on the song it's just like shift up shift down where it's this it just it takes a couple of bars of just the percussion getting you from one gear to another but it's so I feel like it, it doesn't hide, but it's it shouldn't work as well as it does. Mm-hmm. So the next song we'll play is the single that has a video, and I kind of I think they're promoting the most on this record, and it's called Dylan Thomas. solo we faded out over was Nick Zinner of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and it's it's I, I really like it for some reason it just has a great tone yeah well I, this is certainly you know I, this album I feel like is so much driven by these two voices that it took me a few listens to pick up on how rich and sort of produced a lot of these tracks are and then I looked at the credits and there's like seven people playing on this mm-hmm. like three guitars and a bass and keyboards and, it's, and that tambourine really oh yeah uh, yeah and it's shocking like you think oh whatever tambourine player but no it really just that texture is so fleshes it out and gives it a lightness and i i think it's a sign of how well mixed and produced this is that it isn't just mush to have all of these people playing on one track so it's really fun i understand why they threw it out as the single it's so kind of poppy even as i think it's Again, yet another track that's about like trying to get by in a pretty crazy world. Yeah, but I think this I think this song is kind of the thesis statement of the album and it refutes your characterization of this as being very dark. I think, you know, it the whole point of it is kind of making uh, making light of and pointing out the folly of 
just trying to escape. And the fact that, you know, the chorus is, I'm getting greedy with this private hell. And it's just kind of making fun of the idea that it's easier just to kind of go into your dark place and run away, especially when you have Trump as president, which is referenced there in the four-dimensional chess part. And the, the beginning, the first verse that we skipped is clearly referencing, you know, kind of a military dictatorship style of assembly and yeah i love the description of of politicians as feral cats with flag lapel pins yeah these cats are scared and feral with flag pins on their lapels which is a little bit off as a rhyme but um but yeah there there's such great lyrics and i don't know which who is kind of writing these i think i'm sure i think they were all all the songs were written together but there's such great wordplay here and my favorite line which we didn't get to is I'm strapped into a corset, climbed into your Corvette. I'm thirsty for another drink. And it's just such a great image of just kind of this shallow emptiness. Yeah, I love that. If it's advertised, I'll try it. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, uh, unlike the popular belief that Dylan Thomas drank himself to death, later research finds that he probably died of pneumonia, actually. Okay. So he didn't drink himself to death. That was just along the way. But I'm sure it didn't help. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that makes you pretty susceptible to other diseases. So, but it's such a great upbeat song, and so it just it, there's something about it that really makes me play it over and over again. Yeah, that it's it's not it's not wallowing. It's mm-hmm. looking at the craziness and just like, no, I'm just gonna carry on and do do the best I can. <laughs> the next song we'll play actually is really dark, and I I think it's about a real world situation, and it's called Service Road. You should really call your brother Someone put up a picture where he can't stand He's holding on to the table Probably throwing darts, playing cards Something that he lost made him so mad Always said it didn't matter Pile of filthy coins clenched in his hands Asking strangers to forgive him But he never told them what it is He did to them that made him feel so bad Say what you mean and say it now Don't state your name, that doesn't count This song walks such a fine line of, I think, vividly depicting someone in a really bad place. And yet through it all, I just, there's like this, there's genuine affection as he's sort of describing his brother and kind of a train wreck that this guy is. And yeah, he loves him because he's his brother. Yeah. I mean, I think this is clearly about Ober's older brother who drank himself to death a couple of years ago. And I think the song is a way of finding closure and it's about the regrets of it kind of ends up it picks up the the beat and like kind of the mood picks up towards the end. And it's basically just like, you know, go and say what you have to say to the people that you might have issues with just because like there's only so much time. Yeah, it's 
I think one of the more stripped down songs and I think it's completely appropriate for the subject matter. And by the way, he sings most of he, he's he's kind of the lead singer on it. Uh-huh. Just because at the beginning you said she that Bridger sings kind of takes the lead vocals on most of the songs. So yes, I was I, w- I, w- I wish I was sure wrong about things. <laughs> I, my ears sure don't work. No, I, I you know I think maybe it's you know relative to expectation because he's the you know the more established artist and that I feel like you know when there's an equal partnership with an established artist and a new artist and that's almost like if if you expect him to take the lead and he doesn't mm-hmm. but here absolutely this is a very personal story for him and she does just the right job of staying out of the way and just adding that little bit of lightness which without which this song would just be such a slog mm-hmm. um, even though his, his voice is so warm it just yeah the little little lilting of who are you or who are you looking yeah. for is pretty wonderful yeah and i think you know this is I'm looking at the end of something and is, you know, dark, even as it's with affection and love. And I think we get a little wistful on this next track. It's called Chesapeake. The world will not remember when we're old and tired. We'll be blowing on the embers of a It's also pretty dark, I'll give you. But it's also, there was a song in between. Those songs aren't back-to-back on the record. We skipped over exception to the rule, so it doesn't kind of back-to-back sad. But I think this record draws a distinction between the genuine emotions that are associated with, you know, nostalgia or family members who are lost versus the feelings about things that are out of your control, like the fact that fascists are in control of the government and things that you kind of have to just detach from. And I think that is, it's an appropriate balance. Yeah. You know, to me, I actually found this one, I, I think it's it strikes a balance for me where I think there is that darkness where that opening image of being old and just sort of blowing in the embers of memory. And yet... 
I, I think the message is like, yes, celebrate the memories while you have them. And so, and, and I just, this is so vivid. I just like, yeah, we were the tall pers- tallest person there because I was on your shoulders and that, and to be young, to hear an artist sing and not even really understand the lyrics because you're a baby, <laughs> but you can still have that experience and, and remember it and go back to, and, and that almost getting to go getting to look back at memories and recontextualize and like oh now i know what those songs meant and so these memories take on a different meaning and that's something you get to do throughout your life like in what i'm doing now i'll look back and think back and so Mm -hmm. for me it's it 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 felt hopeful i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's very much about you know we're mortal and i think as the song as the album kind of goes into its back half the sort of specter of death becomes increasingly visible and and pretty explicit on a few songs but it's always balanced against, but we're not dead yet. And what is good about life? Let, let's celebrate that. This song has credits for two different synthesizers and a pocket piano. I, I just really, I really like the synthesizer we faded out on, but it's hard for me to distinguish, to distinguish the two. But just the spare instrumentation, I think, was just chosen very effectively because their, their voices are so much in the front and the singing in unison creates such a great sound that, you wouldn't want to overwhelm it with too much instrumentation. Yeah, I mean, I called it out before and I'll say again, yeah, just the production on this album is so thoughtful and I think it is in fact produced by or at least Conor Obost and Phoebe Bridgers both have producer credits Mm -hmm. uh, along with Andy Lamaster, so let's not leave him out, but you know, (laughs) they do a fantastic job and it, it is, you know, obviously they're producing their own voices and putting themselves front and yet I, I don't feel it never feels too much or too little. It always feels just right. Yes. Very Goldilocks. By the way, I do appreciate that as they did when you um, download the digital version of the album and it comes with a PDF that has the lyrics and like the credits. I hate having to hunt down the credits and figure out like what instrument was that, you know, and, and who was playing. And Yeah, I continue to be shocked by how few artists take advantage of that opportunity. It's just like... Uh, it's, you know the the size of a of a of liner notes versus the size of an album is yeah. so small, and yet just stick a PDF in there. Yeah, so anyway. kudos to them for that as well. So yeah, go go go! Don't just stream it. Go buy it. You get these liner notes. They're <laughs> yes. great. Yes. So the next song we'll play is called "My City." This town is a monolith. This town is a crowded.
this song just starts out with kind of this rollicking beat and then it just explodes into noise and it's so it just goes so well with the context of the song and it feels very natural and emotional and it's I I just really like the song a lot yeah I I appreciated the sense of humor that went into the production on this one where uh, looking at the credits because you hear that kind of woo sound and then the credits say Ooh. oh that's Connor Oberst on Whirly Tube yeah uh, kids toy that he makes good use of and I, I don't know my guitar pedals I think that's a flanger and it actually like that guitar effect plus the Whirly Tube really works well together and I I like that again the sense of humor coupled with you know excellent musicianship like we're using this goofy toy and yet we know how to make it sound good in the context of the song and then similarly that that weird little bit of explosion we hear at the end of the chorus Mm -hmm. and then tying into that like oh well i was walking through the city while things explode and it's sort of you know i'm not sure is that the sort of explosions of a city being torn apart or is it explosions of just people setting up fireworks for the fourth of july and it yeah i wanted i wanted to read this as being about la because as an la native i think people especially in san francisco make a lot of judgments about la without ever having lived there and you actually have to live there to appreciate it but it's a city that is never the same from one moment to the next and the the la that i moved away from 27 years ago is not the same city that it is now but i think it's a more general sense of the fact that when you especially in a large city it never stays the same and the one that you remember is never going to be the same that it is and you always have nostalgia for the way that it was when you got there yeah that and as much as you love it you you can only love it while accepting that a that constant change and also that just the chaos and of that like wearing a smile like it's camouflage this sense of like yeah it's kind of a war zone and you're just smile your way through it and that's kind of getting through the day and yet you still love it and that's true i think of any decent sized city but this record i just really appreciated for so many reasons i think it's i could listen to it over and over again so it's just a it's a very listenable enjoyable record on its own but i also love the fact that these are two really talented artists who are sort of taking a collaborative approach for different reasons. I think Bridgers is so early in her career and there are a lot of expectations placed on her and her way of sort of subverting that is by collaborating with other people who, you know, she may view as more talented than her. I don't know if that's true, but, you know, Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker are certainly 
her, who are her collaborators and Boy Genius are certainly extremely talented and Connor Oberst as well. And I, I think she's kind of taking some of the pressure off herself to meet these expectations by sharing the spotlight with other people. And then I think this is a great way for Connor Oberst, having made so many albums and so much music over a long career, even though he's not that old, I think is taking this as an opportunity to learn from other artists and not get so kind of deep into his way of doing things and breaking out of some of the ways that he writes songs and he thinks about music. And I think it, it's a really successful end result. Well, yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's a real win. I didn't, it didn't grab me at first, but it really took me, took me on a journey and I'm glad I went. So we've been talking about better oblivion community center, and this has been for the record. Thanks for listening. And we'll go out with a track called forest lawn. Heart will go on and bring us time.